Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello, joined by Keith Niebuhr. This is a special recruiting episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. It's uh, Really, this has become the biggest week of uh, recruiting. Uh, it used to be the first Wednesday in uh, February. Now it's uh, mid-December with the early signing period. A lot of programs now, I think the number was something like 77% across the FBS landscape. 77% of uh, signing classes are composed of players who will sign this Wednesday in the early signing period starting Wednesday. And uh, Auburn gets most of their guys on board at that time too. So, we're going to bring on Keith here to discuss, one, the recruiting class, how it looks right now, what it, what the highlights are, and what to expect here uh, in these final hours leading up to signing day and whether we might hear a surprise or two. Seems like every now and again we might hear one, maybe not. But, Keith, uh, just your overall view of what, what this recruiting class looks like right now and what could it look like here when we wake up Wednesday morning? You know, it's, it's a pretty good class. Um, you know, it rains to be seen if it can be really good or even above that. And it also could go in the other direction. If Auburn uh, doesn't finish strong, uh, it could be just a, a good class. But, you know, just a good class in the SEC uh, isn't good. And so you, you've got to have a good class, in ter- a very good class in terms of quality, quantity, difference makers, filling your needs. I mean, and you got to do it every year. In basketball, you can have a hiccup every now. In football, you, you really – you really got to keep replenishing every year. And, you know, obviously Auburn's got a lot of needs this cycle. And one of them uh, was the receiver's core. And so, you know, that hasn't been a strength the last few years on the team. I think we would agree there's been some good players, but overall Auburn's needed more. And so this class to me is very good. Uh, You've got uh, uh, four players, three of them are four stars. You've got a guy, Kobe Hudson, that's a all American bowl participant very good player. He's the one early enrollee of the four, so he'll be there for spring practice. And I think he's a guy that could probably play early. He's very polished. I mean, he's not a burner. He's not slow, four six guy. Polished, good size, can can do a lot of different things for you. Six one, one ninety in that range. Uh, and then Xavier Capers is probably the other one of that group that really stands out. He's out of the Atlanta area. Six three and a half, hundred ninety five pounds, over twenty yards of catch as a senior, over twenty yards of catch as a junior. Uh, you know, he really brings a, a unique dimension uh, to the table. And and he's just a guy, he, he's big, he's got long arms, Brandon, so the catch radius is there. Fairly athletic, excellent hands, polished route runner, uh, and a guy that can really, you know, be a matchup problem for defensive backs in the SEC. I mean, probably maybe Seth Williams, uh, maybe pro- not as athletic as Seth, maybe a little quicker than Seth. Um, 
So a, a guy they really need. They like this big, tall receiver. So I think Auburn addressed the need there. Obviously, the offensive line, Auburn had to address the need in it. And they have, but there's still still some things to be worked out there. You know, they're losing, Brandon, as you know. You've been writing about it. Four of their starting five offensive linemen. Uh, the problem is if you're recruiting this late, you, you know, when guys are leaving, you're going to have to go get junior college guys because a lot of high school guys aren't going to be ready to make that transition. So that's kind of what Auburn did. They signed – uh, or they excuse me, they've got three offensive linemen committed that are in high school. Those are the inside guys. And then they've got three junior college tackles committed, those being the outside guys. Now, the problem is one of them, Jonathan Buskey, uh, probably is not going to sign this week. Uh, the latest info we have is that Auburn will probably wait to sign him to further monitor his academic progress. You know, he may not make it. Uh, that remains to be seen. He may. We just don't know. He may. He may not. Uh, but he won't be here in the spring. We do know that because they're, you know, they're probably not going to sign him this week, and he probably won't graduate till the spring. So there's two other junior college offensive tackles committed, Brandon, and those guys. One of them is uh, a May graduate, so he won't be at Auburn until the summer. That's Brendan Coffee. The other is a December grad. So you're thinking, okay, this works out great. He's, you know, the number one junior college offensive tackle in the country. Uh, he committed Auburn a long time ago. He's a, he's going to arrive in January, and the poor kid, Killian Zaire. Tears his ACL in week eight of the season, which you broke. And, you know, now he's got a long recovery process. So of the three junior college guys, none of them are going to be there for spring practice, it looks like. And, and that's significant because the reps and, and getting acclimated to the college life. So on the one hand, a lot of the needs have been filled on the offensive line. On the other, none of the three guys you thought that were year one offensive tackle possibilities are going to be there in the spring. So what is Auburn trying to do to address that? They're recruiting Jeremy Flax. The number two offensive tackle in the junior colleges, uh, he officially visited two weeks ago, but then he officially visited Kentucky. After the Auburn visit, he named Auburn his leader, went to Kentucky. They've recruited him for a long time, much longer than Auburn, and that apparently has really narrowed the gap, and it's to the point now it could possibly go either way. I, I wouldn't say there's a high level of confidence on the Auburn side, more cautious optimism. Kentucky apparently actually does feel fairly decent about this. Now, we will see. We will see. Sometimes uh, some programs are confident, and it doesn't always materialize. But he's going to announce on Tuesday, so after we tape, obviously, we're taping Monday night, he's going to announce Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Time. And Auburn will know at that point, you know, that's a big one. That's a big one you want because he would be able to enroll in January. He has three years to play three seasons. Now, if Auburn doesn't get him, well, if they get him or don't get him, they're still going to recruit a high school kid who's not expected to sign this week, and that's Broderick Jones a five-star Georgia commit. He's probably going to wait till February. But if Auburn doesn't land Jeremy Flax, then really all eyes move over to Broderick Jones, and, and then the pressure is on for Auburn to land him. And even though he's a high school guy, and even though he's not a spring enrollee, five-star talent, possibly could contribute in year one. A little bit raw from what I understand, but but yeah, a marquee guy. So uh, those are the big needs on offense. On defense, you know, you've got the, the biggest need, really, you've got two. You've got to replace some guys on the defensive line. Obviously, Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown, Gone right now. You've got Jay Hardy committed, uh, four-star from Tennessee. And you've got four-star Zykevious Walker from Georgia, who Auburn beat out Georgia for. People think Zykevious Walker could absolutely contribute a significant amount in year one, maybe even start. Jay Hardy, uh, there's some reports out that came out before we recorded this from other outlets, not us. We haven't confirmed it yet that Hardy may not sign this week, may wait until February. Now, we reached out to some people at Auburn, and that was news to them. But they weren't uh, the sources connected to the Auburn program weren't surprised, and they don't think Auburn will be surprised either 
even though we were told Auburn was anticipating him to sign this week, they knew that it was kind of, you know, in flux there. They knew it could change, but they, they still feel good about holding on to Jay Hardy, regardless of whether he signs this week or in February. But watch out for Tennessee. They're certainly not going to give up. And then obviously in the secondary, Auburn, Brandon, doing really well. Uh, three commits, all four stars, uh, you know, a couple safeties and a cornerback. And the cornerback is junior college Marco Damio. And uh, again, another a four-star, like I said. He's a guy that will be here in the spring, probably can contribute in year one. But he's got um, to get acclimated to this, you know, SEC type of football. Uh, he had no offers coming out of high school and had a great freshman year at Blinn College in Texas, uh, which I think Auburn fans probably recognize that name. Uh, Cam Newton played there. But uh, he's a big one. He And, and the fact he's going to be here in the spring is significant, too, as Auburn tries to replace some guys that are leaving in the second year. But perhaps the stud of that group is your is your nickel safety uh, tar, uh, signee uh, <laughs> commit. He's going to be a signee. That's Ladarius Tennyson. Brandon, this guy yeah, is an absolute yeah. stud. I mean – there's no holes in this game, guy's game other than the fact he's 5'9". And that, that is a concern because, you know, at times a nickel has to get matched up against some pretty big dudes oh, out yeah. there. But he's a fantastic athlete. In fact, clearly the best athlete in the, what's called the Space Coast area of Florida. A very good area from uh, Titusville down to Melbourne has produced uh, fantastic players through the years. Chris Collinsworth, uh, the, the announcer that was a, an All-American in college and later a Rookie of the Year, I believe, with the uh, – uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Wilbur Marshall, the great player. Derek Brown was a fantastic player at Notre Dame. A lot of great players out of that area. Jamel Dean, who played at Auburn and is now playing a major role for the Tampa Bay Bucks, mm-hmm. who are having this incredible resurgence this season. Uh, so great area. Ladarius Tennyson will come in as an early enrollee, can do about everything. They're going to love him. I think he's going to play a lot next year. So that's just a few of the guys. Still some needs to fill. You need a tight end in this class. People say, well, why do they need so many tight ends? They don't really throw to the tight end. Well, yeah, but you're blocking. I mean, right. I, I, people just don't I, – I, I, I hate to say it because I'm no smarter than anybody that reads our site or listens to this. But I think there's a perception out there that if you're not throwing the ball to the tight end 50 times a year, you're doing something wrong. Well, most programs don't do that. Uh, but uh, So Arbor would like to add another tight end. J.J. Pagese is the top target. He's going to announce – Wednesday. We don't have the time yet. It's going to be Auburn or Alabama. Ole Miss sort of hanging around, but we think it's Ole Miss, uh, yeah. Auburn or Alabama. Yeah. Uh, big one. Uh, and most of the other guys we've uh, we've mentioned, they're, they're likely to get a linebacker on Wednesday, Desmond Tisdall, mm-hmm. out of Wilcox County, Georgia, the same high school that uh, produced Nick Marshall. So there's a lot to be determined, but again, a good solid class. How Auburn finishes Wednesday and then whatever's left, how they finish in February is ultimately going to tell the tale here. But a lot of good pieces, but they need more good pieces for it to be truly a class that fans can get excited about. Yeah, and you know, one name you didn't mention, but obviously yeah. we've shared it, is Brian George. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's yeah. he's not going to sign with Auburn. Uh, they've kind of separated ways. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we, you know, so, sometimes there's, there's good fits and sometimes schools just decide to go in other directions. So what we'll say, and we're going to keep this brief, and what we'll say is that Auburn just decided that it wasn't a good fit and wanted to go in a different direction. It wasn't out of fear of losing him. It wasn't right. a fear of, you know, really that was just it. Um, now, uh, it's been reported uh, elsewhere that perhaps it was because Auburn got wind that certain guys were coming back and weren't turning pro. And, you know, that may have had some uh, bearing on the decision, but ultimately it came down to just, hey, look, didn't think it was a great fit. Let's let's move on. So Auburn still has an, an opening at cornerback right. in this class. And in fact, that's a guy I didn't mention. Uh, Eric Reed is the one high school guy that perhaps they could land this week. Now, perhaps because George is trending with the 
Sports Crystal mm-hmm. Ball, which is a media predictor. You know, you and I make predictions of where we think guys are going. Georgia's trending. He just visited there, but Georgia's also in it with some other defensive backs. So, you know, is he a priority? We hear he's a take. We hear they would take him, but but uh, we know Auburn would take him. And we know now with Brian George out of the mix that this guy is a major priority for Auburn. He's going to announce Wednesday. He might let the staffs know as early as tomorrow. Uh, that would be a nice, pleasant surprise. Four-star yeah. kid out of Shreveport, Louisiana. They like him a lot. In fact, he was always one of their top two or three targets on the defensive backboard. Right. Uh, officially visited Auburn, Brandon, for the Iron Bowl. And, you know, it went okay. I, I mean, he's just not a big talker, so you don't know if it was great or not great. I think Auburn felt like they did some good things during that visit, but they still came out of the visit thinking that Georgia was probably the team to beat. But, you know, Auburn's very much in it. We reported it earlier uh, Monday that, uh, you know, they got a shot. They feel like they're in it. And, uh, you know, maybe they can pull this off. I mean, they've got a big need, and they really like – I mean, Brian George is a very good player, junior college player, though, which meant you'd you'd be looking for more corners next year. I mean, you know – it's it, junior college guys are great when you're building a team. When you're building a program, you prefer high school guys. And there is a difference to building a team and building a program. You know, you're, building a team is a year to year thing. Building a program is yeah. a longer term thing. But they got a shot. They got a shot. He's going to announce uh, Wednesday morning, I think at 9 a.m. I can't remember the time. I'll, I'll look up the time where you're asking your next question here, Brandon. Well, the th- yeah, with Eric Reed, as you mentioned, yeah. it, it's great to get guys in the defensive backfield as high out of high school. Uh, and, and Auburn's shown that over the years. Look at Daniel Thomas, a guy that was a late addition, literally on signing day four years ago, was going to go to Minnesota, which, by the way, Auburn plays Minnesota in the Outback Bowl, so that's a great yeah. story. Yeah. But Daniel Thomas signs on national, national signing day, gets that late offer, and he is playing in games as a freshman yeah. for Auburn and yeah. picked off two passes in the Iron Bowl as a freshman. So, And he's now obviously a starter and one of the best players on a tremendously talented defense. So it's not yeah. like these uh, you know, freshman safeties and stuff don't come in and not play. We've seen it with Smoke Monday, Christian Tut, all those guys. They come in and they play almost immediately. They're not starting, but as freshmen, they're, they're not afraid to throw those guys in the fire. So I'm sure that the coaches are really – Selling that to Eric Reed, especially with them replacing guys like they are right now with the two seniors leaving. Yeah, you know, sometimes the late look, a late signee. Uh, if you've been recruiting him the whole time, that's one thing. A late, a late offer, a surprise offer. Daniel Thomas was one of those. Jartavius Whitlow was right. one of those. They worked out. Markel Boston was one of those. He didn't work, didn't work out. out. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a hit or miss thing. Probably more miss than hit. If it's a late offer, kind of like hey. As a program, we missed on a bunch of guys, but we got this guy sorted in our backyard. Let's just bring him in and see see what happens. It really worked out with with Whitlow and Daniel Thomas, who they really tried to keep under wraps and not let anybody know they were even recruiting them. But yeah, you know, Eric Reed would have a chance to play. There's no doubt. I mean, they think he's really good. And they, here's the thing: they're recruiting him as a cornerback. We at 24/7 Sports have him rated safety. as a safety. Yeah. Now, again, Auburn likes him at cornerback, but what that tells you is, with his size, he's probably pretty versatile. Maybe. Right. They recruit him at one thing, and they have a you know it, the quicker time to play, or or the uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Maybe right. the need one of these seasons the need may be in another position. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, I mean just look and, at just yeah. look at Jeremiah Denson. The guy played yeah, every, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Love that versatility. And I think, and that's why I think getting Ladarius Tennyson to come in as a true yeah as a true nickel, and we'll swatch. They'll move him to strong safety first day <laughs> practice. But as a true nickel, then you have a lot more flexibility with some other guys because nickel sometimes is where you 
it all it sometimes seems that's where you put a guy that you really want out right. there, but he's not starting at one of the other right. spots, you know. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, I think they're doing really well at defensive back. I think they're doing well at linebacker, and if they land with Desmond Tisdall, that's going to be a good finish. Defensive line remains to be seen. Yeah. Two really high level players, but now. You know, is Jay Hardy going to sign or is he not going to sign right, you know, in December? Uh, Daniel Tom uh, Foster Allen is uh, a young kid, 17 years old, big upshot there, up, nice upside. Uh, you know, needs some work. Offensive line, maybe no high school studs, but three guys that are going to work hard and probably develop into pretty good players. Uh, I like those guys, Avery Jernigan, Tate Johnson, and, and Jeremiah Wright. Now, I will say this about Jeremiah Wright. Yeah, Auburn's recruiting him to play on the offensive line, but he played both ways in high school at Selma High. Mm-hmm. So he could be an offensive guard, offensive tackle, or defensive tackle. And again, I I, I mean, uh, one of those kids, one of those pouncy kids that plays in the NFL, uh, Mike or Marquise, when he was a true freshman in college, was recruited as a center, but they had a need where he was at, and they moved him to defensive tackle. So, you know, it's good to know you've got options, that the staff is willing to coordinate with each other on both sides of the ball. Where is the need? He is open to playing on either side of the ball, I can tell you that. We haven't really reported that, but he's open to playing on either side of the ball. I think Auburn likes him on offense, but that could be another option at defensive tackle if you if you don't land a Dallas Walker, who by the way we haven't even mentioned yet, yeah. who's going to announce Wednesday. I just, you know, we I got a list of the guys here. Uh he's going to announce Wednesday, I think at noon. By the way, Eric Reed, I should point out the DB, his announcement's at 3 p.m. Wednesday. 3 p.m. signing three, day. 3 okay. p.m. We, uh, signing day. Dallas Walker's, uh, I believe, let me check his out real quick. That's going to be earlier in the day. And he's been committed to Texas A&M for a while. Um, but uh, oh, what time is his again? Um, he's been committed to Texas A&M for a while. And the, the thing about that, though, is he took three visits to Auburn in a four-week period uh, starting in November. So if you're Auburn, you're thinking, man, you're in good shape. But then he last minute took an unofficial visit to Texas A&M. Again, the school he's been committed to for a long time. He's from Smyrna, Tennessee. So you're thinking, boy, Texas is a long way away. Yeah. This might this might help Auburn. Well, here's the other thing. His dad lives in Texas. So his oh. mom lives in Tennessee. So she's probably thinking, oh, Auburn's pretty close. Dad's out in Texas. So there's always multiple things going on. His announcement, by the way, is noon Wednesday. So that's a big one because that, that really – uh, that fills a big hole there. There's another defensive tackle. We should point out Jay Hardy is listed as a strong side end, but he yeah. probably is going to be a tackle. He's exactly, 300 yeah. pounds already. Daniel Foster Allen is 265 pounds, but is 17 years old and still growing. So Auburn likes to get these guys that are flexible that could be strong side ends or tackles because if you're strong side, end, if a guy can play strong side end or tackle, then you've really got three or your four D line spots filled up with potentially one guy. I mean, you know. It gives you so many options, it, it, you know, in terms of where you're going to line up. And uh, hey, guys, hurt. Let's move this guy from tackle to strong side, and they could do both. Hey, we've seen games where Derek Brown lines up out at end, haven't right. we? So you know, uh, Marlin's been inside, outside, co, same thing. So they they really do like those guys. And Jay Hardy and Zykevius Walker are definitely two guys that that are like that. Again, Zykevius Walker, you can't say enough about him, Brandon. They think. He's like Marlon Davidson yeah, on the field yeah. and off the field. And you know, it's Derek Brown's gotten so much attention this year, and deservedly so, and especially in the last few weeks. But people forget as, as a true freshman, it was Marlon Davidson that started yeah. every game, not Derek Brown. Yeah. Now Derek had Derek had some pretty good players in front of him, but um, you know, yeah, two Walker, special players. Walker's a kid I, I expect is gonna contribute as a freshman some way or another. Um, yeah. He's gonna yeah. play a little I, bit. I agree. I think he's gonna play a lot. Yeah. I think he's going to play a lot. My guess is he'll be a lot. A lot of how much he plays may depend on where Big Cat Bryant lines up. Um, yeah, 
you know, yep. uh, but he's, he's kind of a guy like big cat, except at this age, he's, he's quite frankly, more polished than big cat was. He may not be as polished as Marlon Davidson was, but he's up there. And again, they think that the, the quality of his character will allow him to come in and be extremely coachable. And he's an early enrollee. So he's, he's going to be at Auburn on the, on January 5th and, and he'll have a shot to play a lot in year one. And, you know, uh, you know, Hey, look, Rodney Garner's not afraid to play young guys. I mean, we've seen that in some positions. The younger guys play more than others at Auburn, and he'll play. He will play them, and a guy like this will come in, and he will push older guys. They will have to perform, right. or they won't be playing. And yeah, if you're yep. if you're a junior or a senior, and you lose your job to a true freshman, that's a big ego blow. <laughs> Yeah. So that can be a great motivator. You know? You're exactly right about Rodney Garner. I mean, listen, he has played guys where I thought going into the preseason, I was like, there's no way this guy even plays this season. He's going to redshirt. Really? And uh, Derek Hall, Stone Handy, um, Tyrone Truesdale a couple years back. All those guys played as true freshmen when I was not expecting it. Derek Hall, I thought, was going to be a little bit of a tweener, a guy that had to kind of grow into the position. But he has played significant and important snaps this season along the defensive line and along a defensive line, by the way, which is very deep already, as we already, yeah. as we all know. So, uh, well, well, Brandon, can I tell you, were you done? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, let me just tell you, I don't, I won't say who, but I will tell you that last year, last fall is talking about Derek Hall. Sometimes we hear things and we don't report them because not everything needs to go out of your notepad. People tell you things and you're just talking uh, a year later. I can say this, that at one point last fall with Derek Hall, Auburn, there was some, there was some question whether Auburn was going to take him or not. Right. They knew he wanted to go to Auburn, but from what I'm told, there were people inside that football office that, that weren't crazy about the way he had performed as a senior. Loved him personally. I mean, he's a fantastic kid. Loved his family, but they really weren't blown away by the film. Uh, but ultimately, Auburn decided to take him, and he ends up starting games his first year. You, you get a kid on campus. He is super mature. By the way, he's so mature. He, I see some Derek Brown tended uh, qualities with him. Brandon, they already have him hosting recruits as a true freshman. Oh, he wow. wants that. Yeah, he wants that role. He's selling Auburn. He's a great representative of that program. He's always going in the in the football offices. You know the guys I see the most? I mean, guys like him, Derek Brown, Derek Brown. we're seeing mm -hmm. all the time. Bo Nix, saw him yesterday. Yep. Um, uh, Owen Popo. There's nobody I see over there more than him. And so it doesn't mean other guys aren't showing up. We're sure. not saying other guys are slacking, but Derek Hall, you know, just kind of funny how these things work out sometimes, you know. Um, but they loved him as a person. It just goes to show you if you're a good quality kid, a school may be more inclined to take a chance on you. We'll have much more on National Signing Day, what to expect Wednesday, what to expect going into February, how many spots Auburn has right after these messages. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Keith, you mentioned uh, Wednesday with these signing announcements and Eric Reed, uh, the safety slash cornerback out of Shreveport, Louisiana. His his announced time is going to be 3 p.m. I find that curious only because I say this. Auburn's press conference is usually at 2 p.m., but they sent out a uh, email to us today in the media saying uh, TBA Wednesday um, on the uh, press conference yeah. time for signing day. So I'm sure they're going to wait till after 3 p.m. For, to see where he uh, announces. Unless, unless they already know. Sure. You know, and supposedly, well, you know, it's. But they like they like funny. to wait after they like to wait till they get the letters for those so they can talk about the kids. Sure, and, and also conference. if you like a kid and a kid has treated you well you may say let's just push our press conference back 30 minutes we don't want to ruin it for the kid even though he may not be coming sure. to school uh now then there are cases where you don't care about that <laughs> you're just yeah. hey he ain't coming and uh, we saw that a week ago with jv and cohen so yeah uh you know but uh, yeah i mean it's going to be interesting uh, there's going to be a lot of action i mean again uh, a guy we haven't really even mentioned another one uh miami commit and a buck target oh, buck yeah. linebacker target Romello height and he's going to announce, and we're waiting on the time on that on Wednesday. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion about him of late. Auburn's pursued and pursued and pursued him and is in a real battle. You know, he tweeted last week during uh, after Manny Diaz, the Miami head coach, visited. And by the way, should point out he's in, in Dublin, Georgia, fairly rural area, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, uh, he tweeted out, hey, I'm, I'm locked into Miami. He sent me a message. I'm done. Um, but it doesn't sound like it's done. It sounds like Auburn's continuing to recruit him, probably 50-50. I mean – so they're in they're in some of these and then people don't like to say they don't like us to say 50 50 they want us to just say tell you where a kid's going look i feel good about desmond tisdall but all yeah. these other guys let me tell you something brandon you know this there's a reason you you follow this stuff there's a reason why these guys haven't picked the school yet okay yeah exactly yeah yeah it, it, it's because they're either enjoying the moment or they are truly torn yeah. and when you that combination um, lends itself to a lot of these 50-50 type deals. Now, you know, we think they're 50-50, but usually in a kid's head, they know where they're going. We're just going based off our info. If one school feels really good and the other school feels really good, then it's kind of 50-50. It could kind of go either way. You know, if one school, based on sourcing, is not optimistic and the other one is, you know, that changes your your odds. But there's a lot of toss-ups right now. So it really could it really could go in a lot of different directions for Auburn. I, I will say this, though, and, and there's always a first time for everything. If you're an Auburn fan, you don't hope so, but you hope this isn't the case. But the seven, eight years I've, I've covered Auburn, uh, they've never had a terrible signing day. I mean, no. I mean George Pickens kind of, you know, stuck it to them last year. But, yeah. you know, they've generally – had a lot of good sign, a success on signing these. Derek Brown was a signing day guy. Byron Coward. I mean, people laugh about Byron Coward. Well, at the time, that was significant. You know, you talk about the number one player in the country, and by according to some of the other uh, websites. So, you know, we got all these guys that are getting ready to announce. I, I, you know, if you said which one do they have the best shot at, I'd say probably four-star linebacker Desmond Tisdall. Mm-hmm. Who would be next? Maybe tight end Jeremiah Pegues. Other than that, a lot of toss-ups. I mean, yeah. Dallas Walker. 
Uh, well, Flax will know about Tuesday night, but Eric Reed, you know, lean in Georgia, we think, but don't feel as heavy about Georgia now or strong about Georgia now as we did a few days ago. So there's a lot to be determined here, and it, it's got to make for some nervous nights for Auburn. But, you know, I will say this. Sometimes they already know. It's just we don't know. Right. You know, I mean, kids already said. But, you know, the thing is, even if a kid has told you he's coming, <clears throat> I mean, even if a kid has told you he's coming, I mean, George Pickens had told Auburn he was coming all the way through, right? That there, there's no sure things until you get that fax, and that's where the real drama comes in. Uh, Auburn is sitting right now with 20 commitments. Not yep. everybody's going to sign the early signing period, as you mentioned. So let's play a numbers game here right yeah. now. Um, several guys are going to announce Tuesday uh, going into Wednesday that Auburn has their eyes yeah. on, um, and including guys that are not going to sign the early signing period. What's the range of signatures we can expect for Auburn on Wednesday? Sorry, I got a little cough here. Well, <clears throat> look, 20 commits right now. But so you, we said that we don't think Jonathan Buskey – who, by the way, you're the one that broke that commitment all those months ago. Credit to you. Oh, I forgot we, about that. We, yeah, we don't know if uh, we don't know if he's gonna. Uh, we we think he's probably not going to be able to sign as right. they monitor his academics. So, again, 20 commitments. If you if you took him off, and by the way, we just go by the info we're given. If, who knows? He may sign Wednesday, but I think I think they're going to make him wait. But anyway, that would take off one. That puts you at 19. Auburn thinks most of the other guys are probably going to sign. We we don't know. I mean. Just because it tells you one thing, we, we, you know, we have no way of knowing. I have to implore, uh, I have to stress this. The team, Auburn doesn't know how many guys are signing, so how right. am I supposed to know? You know, So we have to be emphatic about that. But again, if you take off Busky, that's 19. If you say Jay Hardy doesn't sign this week, which, I'm, you know, again, we haven't been able to confirm anything, but I'm, we'd always heard that that was a possibility, so it wouldn't surprise you. So that takes you to 18. Let's suppose everybody else signs. Uh, <sighs> Flax is up in the air. We think mm-hmm. they're going to get Tisdall. Mm-hmm. I'd say maybe one or two. I don't know, Brandon. I mean, I'll say 20 to 21 signatures right. on Wednesday. That's my best guess. Yeah. And Hardy, Hardy could surprise everybody and still sign with Auburn. Yeah. And there's also a kid, you know, there also could be somebody out there that says, well, I'll give you an example. Cam Riley has said, you know, he may wait it out. But we've talked to people who say he ain't waited out, that Auburn's going to make sure he signs. But, you know, he's never been anywhere. Other than Auburn, he's from a small town in, in uh, the southern part of the state. Yeah, Evergreen. And he's got, he, he, that's right, he's got some people chirping in his ear. Hey, man, take some visits in January. So maybe he does. Now, if you do that, you risk losing your spot. Yep, I mean, yep. you risk, you, you get the head man upset, and uh, he may say, you know what? Think about if you're a linebacker right now. Does Auburn really need three linebackers? Right. You could you could debate that all day long, whether they do or don't. So if you're Cam Riley, it's a little bit of a dangerous game. Now, he would end up at a good program. It's not like he's going to end and, you know, end up uh, at a school we've never heard of. Uh, he's a very good player. but So he's trying to figure that out. But uh, So there's always a potential surprise. Maybe one guy to watch, Elijah Canyon. I mean, I'm not buying it. He says he's solid to Auburn, but then he says – well, you'll find out Wednesday where I'm going. I mean, why even say that? I don't know. That, that's, a, that's what a kid does. But why would we bring that up? Because Florida coach Dan Mullen visited him last week. And Florida, believe it or not, it, it needs they, they're having a hard time locking in on receivers this cycle. Weird. It's kind of funny. You, you know how we were talking – we've talked about this before, how you know, why would Auburn have any trouble at all landing defensive linemen in this mm-hmm. class? Well, that's how you feel about them with receiver. But they're making a big push late, and he just officially visited Auburn – a few days ago, okay, and they feel pretty good. But you know, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, George Pickens visited Auburn on Super Bowl Sunday and and signed with Georgia a few days later. So you you always got to keep your eye on everything. And really, my advice to everybody would be: when you go into signing day, 
don't be surprised by anything. Just don't be surprised. And then when it, when crazy stuff happens, you just say, ah, it's national signing, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, we've seen so many crazy things. I mean, the Pickens thing was unbelievable. Yeah. There were four, four schools apparently before signing day, the night before last year, that thought they had a real shot to get him. Okay, Auburn, That's Tennessee, nuts. Miami, and Georgia, and who knows who else. And, uh, and he was committed to Auburn all the way through, and Auburn got a phone call from him maybe 10 minutes before he announced and he said, I'm not coming. And he had been committed to them yep. for over a year and a half. And so once you see something like that, then really nothing should surprise you. And uh, once you experience something like that. And so, it, you know, it's going to be very interesting. But, I, you know, we'll, Brandon, we'll know Tuesday night. Like if they get Jeremy yeah. Flax, yeah. then you start thinking, are other things going to fall into place? Right. You know, they're not giving up on Dallas Walker. He just visited A&M. But they still think they got a shot. I mean, you know, we'll see. It sounds like A&M is really confident now after a visit. But, of course, you would be right after the visit, you know. Uh, but then a kid gets home and thinks about it more and talks to Auburn some more. And, and maybe they do get him. I mean, Auburn's had a couple big surprises on the D-line already this year with Hardy and Zacchaeus Walker. I mean, everybody thought Zacchaeus Walker was going to Georgia until about six hours before he announced. So, you know, maybe Auburn can pull that off. Now, here's the question a lot of people are going to ask. What happens if they don't land any of these guys? What are they going to do? A lot of it is regrouping. Uh, you see who doesn't sign. You see who else doesn't sign. You've got transfers and grad transfers out there, too. But you look at who doesn't sign, and if you need a defensive tackle, you lock in on the best guys, and you start recruiting them. The problem is, Brandon, there's going to be 50 teams that are going to need a defensive tackle after signing day, right? And they're all going to look at, at the numbers, and they're all going to look at the list of the best available guys, and they're all going to lock in on those guys, and it becomes an all-out I mean, just nutty situation where you're having to just, I mean, World War III, everybody going after the same kids. So if you're a program, you'd rather get the majority of your class done this week and not have to worry about all that down the road. A couple, two, three spots isn't too bad. But I mean, think about the prime positions, offensive tackle and uh, and defensive tackle. You really have to, I mean, the, the, it'll just be an all-out war for these guys. And we haven't even, Brandon, talked about the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. They got one guy committed, Chael Garnett. He's going to sign Wednesday. Yep. They'd like to add a second guy. Maybe they wait and get somebody out of the grand transfer market. But um, So there's still a lot to be determined here. And, you know, people always say, well, why do they need this many of that and, and four receivers and three linebackers? And if you're, you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul in recruiting, that's the problem. You, you know, if you, you take four receivers, that means one less somewhere else. And so it's, it's always a lot of difficult decisions that have to be made. And sometimes you can get away with it. And sometimes you don't sign that second quarterback and both your guys get hurt in the next season and you win four games. I mean, it, it's a fine line. It really is. Yeah. You never know. Uh, Wednesday signing day. We'll have full coverage at Auburn at 24, seven sports.com. As Keith said, Guess a guesstimate, you know, maybe 20, 21 guys sign. Um, so after the early signing period going into February, how much room would that give Auburn if they signed 20 to 21 in December? Well, we, we think that they got 25 total spots. And by the way, it could be more than that 20 to 21. I mean, it, it really could be. Right. Again, we're going to know a lot more starting tomorrow night, Tuesday night, if, if they land Jeremy Flax. But they've got, from what we're told, and the funny thing is the numbers always seem to change. I, I'd love to just get a flat number and say, guys, yeah. you're signing this many. But there's a reason why they don't want that out. It's because it can be used against you in the recruiting. And, 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 and people get real secretive. If you think coaches are secretive 
you know, the Thursday night before the Iron Bowl. They're very secretive two days before. <laughs> you know, they don't want anything getting out. You tell one person, the next thing you know, multiple people know. Yeah. So it uh, it could be interesting. But I, I think the total number from what we've been told is they can go up to 25, okay? Uh, and, and they may get close to that. I mean, again, if some things fall in place, Dallas Walker, J.J. Pegues. Yeah, I'll say 21-22. Let me change that from 20 21 to 21 22 in that range if you get jj pegues and desmond tisdall that gets you in a pretty good range there so um you know and all these guys auburn feels like they got a shot with but again i'd say tisdall would be the most likely and, and pegues maybe the second most likely but yeah 25 is the total number and again if auburn only has a few left to you know to sign into february i think they're in a good spot of course if hardy doesn't sign jay hardy the defensive tackle doesn't sign or defensive end slash tackle doesn't sign this week he'd still be committed you still got to work on him uh but at least it's not going into a situation where you're just now building a relationship with the kid you know it won't be easy holding off of tennessee but uh, at least you know you're 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 in a pretty good spot at least i don't know i know what i'm trying to say it's not yeah. coming out here brandon so what positions are they would they be looking at there in, in, in January and February. Well, okay, let's see. If you don't get Jeremy Flax, the, the offensive tackle, I don't know what they do. We know they're still going to recruit Broderick Jones, again, the five-star Georgia commit. But the, the, the bonus with Flax isn't that he's just really good. It's that he would be there in January. So if you don't get him, do you go grab another junior college offensive tackle that wouldn't be there in the spring? Probably not. So they would probably just move off the junior colleges at offensive tackle and, and lock in on Broderick Jones and see if you can pull that off. Okay. Tight end. There are a few other options. Uh, but again, it, maybe you don't grab a tight end. Uh, I know they like a kid, uh, a Rudolph kid, his last name committed to San Diego state. Uh, he's at, he's out of Phoenix. I think they like him a good bit. And it maybe if they get wind that JJ Pegues is going to go to Alabama or Ole Miss instead of Auburn, uh, maybe they make that last minute phone call. This kid was at Auburn for the, for the Iron Bowl, and they like him a lot. We just haven't done much on him because they've been locked in on Pegues. So that would be an option. You know, Brandon, with the tight end position, you could easily – that is a position where you probably could find a diamond in the rough because it's a developmental position. So you regroup, you go out, you look for tall guys that play basketball, and you you want to play you want to play tight end at all. I mean, you know, there's different avenues you could go. Transfer market, that worked out well this year with J.J. Wilson. Now, on the defensive line, they've got plenty of options there, I will say that, because – you know, if they don't get Dallas Walker, they do lead, we should point out. And, you know, we got so many names, sometimes you forget. They lead for junior college tackle Marquise Burks, okay? And he's the number four junior college tackle in the country. Uh, and he visited this past weekend, and he says, hey, they lead, but I'm not going to sign until February. Well, that's because Auburn needs him to wait, really. They, they need to see what happens with these high school guys, because preferably they'd rather have some high school guys at defensive tackle. But if they don't land Dallas Walker on Wednesday – uh, you could see them say, all right, let's bring in Marquise Burks. He would jump in right now. So that's another possibility. Then maybe that gets you to the 22-23 range. Uh, at linebacker, I think Tisdall, it's Tisdor bust at this point. Uh, yeah. at, the buck, at the buck position, if you don't get Romello height, you could wait. Uh, there's a junior college guy sitting out there that likes Auburn a lot, but if they wait too long, it might be dicey. FSU offered him right before we uh, we came on uh, to record this, and that is a kid at a Georgia military named Yaya Diaby. Uh, he's visited Auburn twice this fall. Auburn is not offered. If you don't get Romello Height, maybe you just throw out that offer. Uh, but they haven't offered him yet. So you, what you don't know is have they not offered him because they think they're getting somebody else? Have they not offered him because they don't want to scare away high school targets? 
Have they not offered him because they just don't think he's good enough to play at Auburn? We, those are things we don't always know, and, and they certainly don't want that out there. Uh, the secondary, if you don't get Eric Reed, I think you just regroup and see what else is out there. See who doesn't sign during the early period. If you scour the country, you could probably find somebody. Oh, you know, there's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of coaching changes, uh, and, and everybody listening knows there are players at, at smaller lesser-known programs that, quite frankly, will end up being better defensive backs than guys that go to Auburn. That's just the way football is. So you'd probably regroup there. Um, but that would probably be it. I mean, I again, if you're Auburn, you hope that you only have to fill two or three spots heading into the, into the February signing day. Coaches can relax. That There's a four-week dead period, and then things will ramp back up. I think that's January 17th. Now, they'll be able to make a ton of phone calls during those few weeks, but they just won't be able to visit kids or have kids visit Auburn. But uh, – yeah, the more you can get done this week, the less you have to worry about down the stretch and the more you can focus on the bowl game and all that stuff. And, boy, you just don't want to be a staff that's got to fill you know, six, seven spots going into February. That's a lot of headaches. really is. Yeah, most definitely. Well, guys, I, I think that's about as good of a preview for National Signing Day as you're going to find out there. I, I know – Listen, I don't follow recruiting uh, on a daily basis, but I feel like you're, I know you're everything lucky. now. I, I, <laughs> well, yeah, we, it's funny. We get to the end, and I'm still pulling up names. Well, I have sure. a list right in front of me, but you just don't know if you're going to be able to get there. Yeah. And, you know, definitely I talk in circles. I know that. Nobody has to remind me. <laughs> I don't want to hear any smart-ass comments. Oh, okay? come on. <laughs> no, everybody's great. Everybody's great. Okay, great. Well, um, we will find out starting Tuesday, going, of course, through Wednesday, about yeah. uh, a few of these guys. It's going to be interesting to watch with Eric Reed, Desmond Tinsdale, and others. So keep it locked in at auburn.247sports.com. Keith uh, and Jason will uh, have all the scoop. Uh, they're really the, the best guys out there covering recruiting, and you guys know that if you're listening to this. So I don't need to tell you that. For Keith, I'm Brandon. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.